There are a lot of things on the table that could make a big impact for community colleges. It's quite possible come February we might see a lot of action regarding the Higher Education Act and if that's the case it becomes really important to have as many community college advocates up on Capitol Hill as we can. This is In the Know with ACCT, the voice of community college leaders. I'm Jacob Bray. Welcome back to In the Know with ACCT. On today's episode, I talked with ACCT's Director of Government Relations, Jennifer Stittard, about the upcoming National Legislative Summit and ACCT's legislative priorities for 2020. A lot is changing next year with the presidential election along with House and Senate elections. It'll be important to make sure your voice is heard in the higher education conversation. So right off the bat, Jennifer, what's going on with higher ed in Washington right now? Great. Thanks so much, Jacob. Um, we're very excited about the upcoming NLS in February. Right now, we have a good bit going on in Washington. Um, we're recording this in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and this tends to be a bit of a rush time on Capitol Hill. Um, we are seeing our current continuing resolution for funding, which is keeping the government operating, expiring right before Christmas. Mm. So right now, Congress is working to try and figure out what they're going to do about funding. So on December 20th, basically either Congress comes up with another funding extension, um, they come up with a bill to fund the government, either all 12 appropriation bills that need passed or a smaller subset, or we see a government shutdown. You know, this happened last year where about half the government shut down when they didn't pass a funding bill. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of looking at the same scenario this year. Why that's a big deal, um, obviously we don't want the government to shut down. Yeah, of course. That causes issues. Um, also, this past summer, we had a really big budget deal that went into place that was going to provide an additional, uh, additional funding for non-defense programs, such as education programs. Mm -hmm. If we don't see a bill that passes, if we see something like a full year funding continuation, we lose out on seeing those increases potentially to educational programs. So we're keeping a close eye on this. We're hoping for the best. You know, we're continuing to advocate. It's quite possible come February 9th when the NLS starts, we might be still talking about fiscal uh, 2020 funding, uh -huh. but hopefully we'll be talking about fiscal year 2021. Okay. We'll see. Um, other things that are going on, Higher Education Act reauthorization is still active, yeah. believe it or not. Perennially. Yes. I know it seems that way, and we say, yes, they're working on it, but they really <laughs> are working on it. Um, we had a House bill that uh, passed out of committee about a month ago. They were hoping to consider it on the House floor in December. I think it's unlikely that's going to happen. Okay. We could see it early next year, and apparently the Senate's negotiating again. Okay. It looks like negotiations might be going well. We could see a bipartisan bill come out, or it could all fall apart. Okay. So I would say, you know, it's quite possible come February, we might see a lot of action regarding the Higher Education Act. Yeah. And if that's the case, it becomes really important to have as many community college advocates up on Capitol Hill as we can. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, you know, that's, that is key. And uh, like you said, the National Legislative Summit starts on February 9th and runs through the 12th. Um, a lot of the information we're going to talk about is about planning for the NLS. Um, what or why, why should why should someone who hasn't registered register now? Well, we would hope they would register now first because December 20th is also our early bird deadline. Okay. 
So first off, those individuals that register by then see a discounted price okay. off the registration. Um, additionally, it's a really great time to come and be an advocate in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things on the table that could make a big impact for community colleges. Things like expanding Powell to short-term programs, seeing an increase to the Pell Grant maximum. Um, we just saw a bill that passed the Senate to extend funding for certain HBCU and MSI programs. A lot's going on right now, and having a great voice here in Washington, D.C., and as many as possible is important. So what's going to happen at the NLS itself? So the NLS itself, I mean, the main event is focused around advocacy. You know, we want people to come here and learn. We want them to go to Capitol Hill, meet with their senators, meet with their representatives, and even go to the agencies to talk about various programs. Um, the program itself, we try and keep it really informative. Mm -hmm. You know, we have some keynote speakers we're setting up. The one that we've announced so far is Charlie Cook. Okay. He's a renowned political consultant. He does a lot of election forecasting. Yeah. He's sort of known in D.C. as the guy for that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on paper, it doesn't always look like, wow, Charlie Cook, who's that? But for people who are really into tracking the elections, you know, he's one of the best people you can have come and speak. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're coming up on a presidential election year. Mm -hmm. You know, all of the House is going to be up for re-election, president, and a third of the Senate. So this can have major impacts come November and beyond. So knowing what might happen, discussing that, are all things that we take consideration of in planning. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, like you said with Charlie Cook, you know, it'll be it'll be great to get a real insider's perspective, someone who's been in D.C. for, you know, forever. A couple of the other things that are going on as well, we're putting together some of our policy-focused sessions. Um, we're going to be looking at doing some additional discussions in depth on the short-term Pell issue, as well as some federal-state funding partnerships, the importance great. of maintaining state funding and the federal role in that. So we think that's new and something that'll be really interesting to participants. Yeah, it sounds like it will be. Um, what should attendees be doing between now and the start of NLS? So right now is a great time to begin setting up meetings okay. to begin with. Uh, the first thing you should do is if you have a state association that you work with, make sure you're in contact with them. Know if they are setting up meetings, what their priorities might be, and let them kind of take the lead with that. If you don't have a state association, you should be receiving a packet very soon, if you haven't already, regarding um, things you should be doing to work your way up to NLS. Um, one of the first things in December and January is setting up your meetings with your representatives and your senators. Mm -hmm. So that's something we have um, participants do on their own. Our packet has information on the best way to do that. Um, additionally, we will be sending out a initial priority sheet um, this will look very close to the final priority sheet they will get at NLS. So learning about those issues, knowing some basic facts about your college that you can talk about on Capitol Hill, and kind of figuring out your meeting strategy in general. How far in advance should attendees try to schedule their meetings? I think, you know, January is a good time, to be honest. Okay. You can start in late December if you want, but folks are kind of out for the holidays at that point, sure. and things get lost in the mix. 
So come January, you know, the first couple weeks of the year, sending out emails to schedulers, just letting um, them know when you'll be in town, what your availability is, who's going to be in the meeting and issues you want to discuss. Those are kind of the top things that you want to send up there. Okay. If you don't know who to contact, you can just call the Washington, D.C. office of your representative and ask whoever answers the phone what's the email address for the scheduler. Okay. You know, how should I put in a request for scheduling? And they'll let you know. They get tons of those calls every day. Yeah, sure. Um, so what tips would you give to someone who's going to a meeting uh, to make sure that meeting is as effective as possible? So the first thing you really want to do is know what you're going to talk about ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, going into the meeting, I worked on Capitol Hill for a number of years, and I can't tell you how many people come in and you say, well, you know, why are you here? And they're, they're like, well, what do you want to talk about? And I'm thinking, well, I, I don't know. You you asked for the meeting. So um, keep in mind that you have about 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, we give out the green sheet, which is the priority sheet. There are a number of issues on there. It's probably beyond what anyone could substantively cover in 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's kind of important to identify what are your priorities among that. Um, try and talk about stories and, and let them know about your institution and how these things impact your institution. You know, when we think about learning style and how people learn, sometimes stories resonate a whole lot better than just sort of reading off a sheet of paper and talking about facts. It's great to know those things and to be able to answer those things, but you want to have a personalized experience if at all possible. And in addition to a personalized experience, it would be ideal if you have a student attending that can come along to the meeting as yes, well. Yes, definitely. And we do offer discounted rates for students. Um, they are not subject to the early bird deadline <laughs> like everyone else. We want to do everything we can possible to try and facilitate their attendance. Great. Yeah, I mean, I, personally, I can, uh, I can attest to the value that uh, student stories have. A lot of them are uh, truly inspiring. Um, moving on to the priorities we were talking about for the National Legislative Summit, how does ACCT's public policy team determine what the priorities will be each year? So basically, we operate off of our joint legislative priorities that we have with AACC. Okay. This is a document that we develop every other year um, in conjunction with our public policy committee and is approved by the board as well. It's not something that we're necessarily reinventing the wheel with mm -hmm. every couple of years, but you can find it on our website as well. It, it covers kind of every issue that you might think of as important to community colleges. Um, when you get to NLS, it's a trifold brochure that we yeah. put in there. It's not something that is, it's a good leave behind, but it's not something that's hugely useful as far as you know, a 15-minute advocacy visit because for, to cover every issue in there would probably take you an hour and a half. But that is sort of where we spin our shorter green sheet priority sheet off of, is basing it off of that overall document. And what we do is we think about, okay, well, what do we think is going to be coming up in Congress in the next six months, in the next 12 months? What could potentially pass? What are the issues that impact our students, impact our colleges the most? What do we think is of great interest to our membership? And then we sort of drill things down from there. Basically, you will always see certain issues on the green sheet. The first is Pell Grants. Yeah. You're always going to see the Pell Grant program on the green sheet just because of the importance to our colleges. 
you know, you're talking about a program that's around $32 billion a year. It's a massive program. And about a third of that funding goes to community colleges for grants. So I can't imagine a year where we wouldn't have that right up at the top of the list. Yeah. Another thing we always have on there is federal funding and appropriations. You know, the NLS in February comes at a time right around when the president's budget's being released mm -hmm. and is sort of the start of the annual appropriations process for the year. So it really hits on a key time. In fact, we used to schedule NLS in February because that was when it was earmark time. Yeah. You know, if you think about like eight, 10 years ago, that's back when they had earmark requests. Our members would go in at NLS with their priority earmarks and would talk about that with members. So while earmarks are gone, members are still putting forth their programmatic requests like Pell Grants, you know, federal work study, all of these priority programs, they're telling their appropriations leaders what are the priorities for them. So going in talking about those is an important in advancing you know, what we're looking at for the year. Okay. And uh, when will the green sheet be available? So when you get your packets for NLS, and you may have already done so, mm -hmm. there is basically a draft green sheet in there. Okay. The final, final green sheet um, is generally released a few days before NLS. We do this because in years past, there have been things that have occurred in a week or two before NLS that have been like massive announcements yeah. that we needed to respond to. Yeah. For example, several years ago, President Obama did his college promise initiative like a week and a half before NLS. Mm -hmm. We were scrambling to make changes to it to include that in there. So we don't do the final, final one till then, but we do have a sheet out there and available that allows people to do preparation. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, I know most of our listeners know this, but things really can happen, you know, right before NLS that we have to be able to get in there. They do. We order about three times more green paper than we actually <laughs> need because there have been years where we had everything printed out and ready to go. And then there's been a major announcement made. Yeah. And we've had to reprint everything. Yeah. So. Um, so. Jumping back to the Higher Education Act quickly, uh, if you were a trustee and you had a couple minutes to talk about what at, what our priorities are for the HEA, what would you say? So I think it really, um, the first thing you really want to focus on is the Pell Grant program. You know, we talked about that a minute ago. Um, within the Higher Education Act context, I think you're looking at a few things that are priorities for community colleges. Um, the first is really going to be increasing the Pell Grant maximum. Uh, we've seen that done via the annual appropriations process the past few years. Mm -hmm. uh, prior to that, there has been um, sort of automatic increases in money within the Higher Education Act to see these annual increases. That has since expired. So I think within the HEA, we would really like to see a nice increase to the Pell Grant maximum. Mm -hmm. The reason that's important, and a lot of people ask this because they're like, well, community college, you know, the average tuition and fees is only like $3,500, $3,600. And the Pell Grant maximum now is over 6000 So why should people care about that? Well, when you look at the overall cost of attendance for our students, which includes tuition, fees, housing, food, child care, you know, textbooks, all of these things add up to a much, much larger cost. Yeah. Um, We've talked a lot about food insecurity, um, basic needs of our students, housing insecurity. A lot of these things are assisted when you see the increase to the Pell Grant maximum. 
It also has our students rely less on borrowing. Um, additionally, anytime you have an increase to the maximum, it kind of raises all boats. Yeah. So you see more students come in at sort of they're still low income, but maybe made a little bit too much to qualify previously. Mm -hmm. So we see more students overall into the program. A couple other things that you might want to think about in regards to the HEA. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about short-term PAL. Um, making grants available to programs that are lower than 600 clock hours. Mm -hmm. um, additionally, a lot of our colleges care about something called Second Chance Pal, and this is basically um, enabling individuals who are incarcerated uh, to have access to the Pal Grant Program. Since 94, they have been banned from this, so we have a lot of institutions that are operating programs within um, prison facilities that are very interested in this in particular. You will be doing a panel session about the priorities again this year, right? Yes. So each year, um, one of the consistent things that we see within the NLS is our priority session on the green sheet. Um, this is a session that will be, uh, I'll be presenting in it. Um, Ji Hang, who is one of our other lobbyists here at ACCT, as well as our AACC lobbyists, we all talk about the priorities um, and we're there for Q&A as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really a good opportunity to kind of get a deep dive into what are these issues before everyone kind of goes up to Capitol Hill and yeah. might be facing questions about it. Yeah, and you have to be there to get that information. You do, we don't do a webcast of that. Um, you know, I think that it's a really great opportunity to learn more about the issues, certainly. We put out information in form of our backgrounder material, mm -hmm. which is a document that talks about in depth the priorities. Uh, that's available on our website. We have last year's up there still. Yeah. Um, so certainly we do try and put out as much information as possible, but I'm not sure it's quite a substitute for um, being able to kind of hear it and be able to ask questions as well. Yeah, I mean, speaking to the Q&A section specifically, I mean, these it's typically uh, four people who probably know the most about community college policy in D.C., and the opportunity to talk to them is pretty valuable. It's an in it's always interesting. Um, some years the Q&A is easier and some years the Q&A is quite difficult. <laughs> um, anyone that's ever been on kind of a panel, there's sort of this fear that someone's going to ask you something really obscure. Yeah. But the good news is there's four of us, so usually one of us knows the answer to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if people want to know more about the priorities or NLS uh, generally, how should they get more information? They can just email us. I mean, my email address is on the website. It's jstittard at acct.org. They can also email publicpolicy at acct.org. I look at that inbox, so it's pretty <laughs> much the same thing. Um, you know, we're here to answer questions. We're here to talk. You know, I think sometimes we're a little underutilized as a source. Mm -hmm. um, basically, you know, throughout the year when folks go and try and plan their meetings with representatives. We try and be available to let them know, you know what we think might be a good thing to discuss. Yeah. Um, the only warning I might give is that the closer we get to NLS, the busier we become, and the more difficult it might be to kind of get our time. Okay. I mean, the weeks before, generally, we're working seven days a week trying yeah. to plan this stuff. So emails are good because we can then answer them back at 10 o'clock at night when we finally have a moment to kind of think about that. 
Like Jennifer said, if you want more information about the NLS or advocacy issues, you can email her at jstiddard at acct.org. You can also check out the advocacy section of ACCT's website. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>